All right. Mother's Day. Special day of the year. Not just for the ladies, but also for the families who get to celebrate mothers and what they mean to us and what they've done in our lives. You know, it seems like in our culture today, there's a holiday for everything, isn't there? And there's, you mean, there's hardly a week goes by that there's some type of holiday. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? You know, not when it comes to celebrating mothers. You know, we, should, we should recognize and we should honor our mothers at least one day out of the year. But really, we should do it more often than that. Amen? Amen. Mother's Day was first celebrated in 1908 when Anna Jarvis held a memorial for her mother at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in, um, in uh, Grafton, West Virginia. Her mother, Ann Jarvis Reeves, had been a nurse during the Civil War, and she had treated and taken care of men from both sides of that conflict. Shows a heart that she had. Her, uh, her mother was a nurse, and so she wanted to, to recognize her for that, but also just to recognize her and honor her for being her mother. And she wanted to recognize and honor all mothers, not just hers alone, but all mothers in general. She believed this about motherhood. She believed that the person who's done more for you than anyone else in the world is your mother. I think that's pretty much true, don't you? Yeah, amen. Uh, the U.S. Congress, as Congress is, is apt to do, have turned down the proposal in 1909 to make Mother's Day a national holiday. They thought they would have to also create one for mothers-in-law as well. Uh, they didn't want to do that for some reason. I don't know why. So we're going to put all the mothers in together and, and just enjoy uh, celebrating that. By 1911, every state in the Union at that time, by 1911, had a Mother's Day observation uh, holiday in their calendar, yearly calendar. And in 1914, Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation designating the second day of May as Mother's Day. So he did something right. We had a president who did something right. Isn't that true? Right? All right. By the early 1920s, companies like Hallmark and others were selling Mother's Day cards and other Mother's Day items. And this bothered Anna Jarvis because she felt that the companies were exploiting the holiday or the idea of Mother's Day. And she thought she wanted the, the emphasis to stay on sentiment, not on profit. And I kind of understand that too, don't you? Yeah. Man, did you like that video that we just watched? Man, that video really nailed it about mothers. Mothers are always there, aren't they? At least the vast majority of them are. There are a few mothers that have been poor examples. I can imagine Hitler's mother wasn't too proud of her product, but uh, that's all right. It wasn't necessarily her fault. It was more his. But the overwhelming majority of mothers are godly women, good women, incredible people, and do a lot for their children and families. Godly mothers deserve a double portion of praise from their husband, guys. We need to really praise our wives for being godly and raising, their, raising our kids as godly kids. So their children also ought to praise their mothers. Grandchildren as well ought to praise mothers. That's why God put the fifth commandment in the Bible, so that we would praise mothers. Exodus 20, verse 12 is the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother so that, may, so that you may live long in the land your father, your God, is giving you. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that your God, your God is giving you. Right there in the, tenth, in the fifth commandment, right there in the middle of the town. I think it's interesting that he wanted to make sure women also got honored as well. The Bible is very clear about women's roles and women's responsibilities in, in the family. And, the, and it's also very clear about the honor that women deserve. So today on Mother's Day, I want us all to look at examples from the Bible. Three examples of women of mothers and see how our mothers or some of you or all of you 
uh, are also a lot like these women from the Bible. So let's turn to our Bibles first. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. When you get there, find verse 4. Luke chapter 2, find verse 4. Honor your mother. You'll recognize the story. It's the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for David to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Today, point number one on your outline, honor your mother's concern for you. Mothers are concerned for their children. True, ladies, isn't that true? Yeah, we have concern. You have concern for your children. Mary is a great example of a godly mother. Mary was honored by God to, to be the mother, the earthly mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world. So for nine months, somewhere around there, she carried a baby just like other mothers do as well. She carried that baby through the discomfort and the pain and the struggles of trying to take care of a, of a house, make a living, and also give birth to a child. She went through all those hardships, all those difficulties of carrying a baby that that brings. And ladies, if you've given birth, you know what that means. She gave birth in a barn, not a hospital or a clinic, but in a barn. And she, all she had to help her was Joseph, only just Joseph. Sometimes, guys, we feel kind of helpless, don't we? Well, I bet Joseph felt pretty helpless that night, don't you? Yeah. And all there was around to watch was a bunch of farm animals, cattle and sheep and goats and pigs. Well, not pigs. They were, that was a Jewish barn, so they wouldn't have had pigs. Yeah. Just that bacon thing in me, you know. But none of that mattered because Mary was concerned for her child more than for her own comfort. And that's often the way mothers are. They're more concerned about others than themselves. They want to make sure others are comforted and comfortable before they start worrying about themselves. And I'm sure that she was just as concerned for Jesus' brothers and sisters as she was for him. I can't see her being any other way than that, can you? Yeah, I think it was part of her personality, the way God created her to be that type of mother, to concern, be concerned for all of her children. And isn't that true? Mothers, aren't you concerned for all of your children? Yeah, you don't leave anybody out. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, looking down at it, it says this, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. All that had happened that night when she was get, when she was given birth to Jesus, when the angels showed up, when the light from the from that star shined down, when those shepherds came and told her about what they'd seen with the angels, she treasured all these things. Her whole experience with this baby boy named Jesus, she pondered them in her heart. A mother's heart is often like a vault. They take these experiences and they lock them in this heart they have. It's like a vault. They hold everything in there they can about their kids. The dreams that you have about your children and grandchildren, your worries about them. What will life hand your child or your grandchild? What will life do to your child? Godly mothers carry these concerns with them everywhere and you forget it never, do you? You never forget your grandkids. You never forget what they've gone through. You never forget any of it. A mother shows her concern for her children many different ways. You watch everything they do, don't you? Every little slight slip to catch. Every little thing they might reach up and grab. Everything. You're watching everything they do. You rejoice at their victories. You suffer at their struggles, don't you? Yeah. You grieve your children or act when they act foolishly 
or are hurt by others foolishly. Proverbs 10 verse 1 says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. I remember one time I got in trouble with the law. I was 18 years old. I would gotten in trouble with the law. And I had to go home and tell my mother the next day that I had been arrested. And it grieved her. And I remember her look and her, and her face and, the, vo- and the, the way she said my name. And it really, I can, even to this day, it hurts. The foolish son grieves his mother. That's why Proverbs 60 verse 20 says, My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teachings. So honor your mothers today, people, everybody. Mothers, honor your mothers and grandmothers. She's been concerned for you since before you were born. Have you ever thought about that? Your mother was concerned for you before you were ever born. That's why she carried you to term and bore you. And if you have children, she's concerned for them as well. Amen? Amen. Honor your mother. Number two, honor your mother's faith in God. Honor your mother's faith in God. Let's go now to 2 Timothy. Chapter 1. Ladies, faith in God, faith in Christ is important. It's a testimony and a witness to your families. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Paul is writing to this young man who's a pastor. Getting started out in life, he's still a young man, still putting his family together, putting his life together. And he says, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. He's almost talking to Timothy like he's like he's Timothy's father. Recalling your tears, I long to see you this so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hand. Honor your mother's faith in God. If your mother is a Christian, honor her for that. And if she's not a Christian, then witness to her and pray for her. Come once, so she'll have that blessing. Now, I don't know about your experience, but it seems a lot of times, at least in my experience, it was the mother who was the first in the family to come to saving faith in Christ, to become a follower of Jesus. That's what happened to Timothy. It wasn't Timothy wasn't his father, it was his grandmother and his mother. Look at verse 4 and 5. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I, am, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. He has faith in Christ and in God, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now also lives in you too. Paul was impressed by Timothy's faith, but he's more impressed by Timothy's grandmother and his mother's faith in Jesus. You know how I know that? Because he wrote their names down in the Bible. Did you notice that? What are their names? Lois, Eunice. How many people, how many people, men, how many people have their names written down in the Bible? Not a whole lot, really. And here, Paul writes down Lois and and Eunice, these two women who believe in Jesus. Mothers tend to have faith where fathers tend to be pragmatic, right? We're pragmatic. We are, guys, aren't we? It's broken. That's pragmatic. It's fixed. That's pragmatic, right? Right. Yeah, it works. It doesn't work. Mom say, well, jiggle it a little bit. Maybe it'll work. Yeah. Kick it a little bit. Grandma said everything needed a good bash every now and then, right? 
Yeah. Fathers tend to be pragmatic, but, but women tend to be more faith-led. Why? Because they believe that this life, no matter what goes wrong in this life, it can always be changed by God. And they also believe and they remind the rest of us that God can and will make something good come out of something bad. That's very true. Or what else is faith for, right? If we can't believe God can't do something about our situation, our circumstance of life, what is faith for? What good is it? That's what faith is for. In 1 Peter 3, verse 1 and 2, Paul wrote to wives and mothers. He said, wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. He says that to wives about their husbands, and I think he also means children, too. By using that one word, submit, which really gets people upset sometimes, Paul was encouraging wives and mothers to let their faith be known by their humility, just by being a humble follower of Jesus, and to trust God to save their husbands and their children, something that, that, that all women, all godly women want, right? Yeah. Sometimes that's all a mother can do is to trust their husband and their children to God and let God do the rest and simply live by her faith in Christ, trusting her family to God. Ladies, if you have a family member that's a struggle, that's, that's not close to God at all, don't give up. Keep your faith, right? Keep your faith. God can save them. He can. I don't know when he'll do it, but he can, and I believe if you pray hard enough, he will. And you've got to pray for them to surrender too. You've got to ask God to help them surrender, especially if it's another guy, young man. We, we young guys, and well, I'm not young anymore, and I can't, I can't really complain, claim that. But we men are hard to convince sometimes, and so we need God to work on us as well. Mother's faith, your, your faith is on display wherever you go. But it's the most powerful through your quiet words of strength and encouragement and your refusal to give up in the midst of storms of life. Ladies, don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your sons or your daughters or Whoever, don't give up on your husband who doesn't believe. Keep going. Keep believing. It's a powerful testimony to keep going when everybody else isn't. So keep going. Pericles was a Greek general who lived about 500 years before Christ. He lived in the city of Athens. He was a general. He was a uh, philosopher. He was a uh, part of the, of the Athens government. And he spoke about something and, and said something about about just our, our legacy. And he didn't say this to women so much, but I think it fits women as well. Pericles said, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments. Thursday, we had a funeral. Went to the, grave, went to the cemetery for a graveside service. There were stone monuments all over that graveside, grave, graveyard, everywhere. Had people's names. Had some nice things said on there too. Uh, Marine Corps, World War II, U.S. Navy, World War II, just all kinds of different things that said beloved by family, uh, loved by Christ, just all different kinds of things. But it's not what we have engraved on headstones that really matter. It's what we put into our children. What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but is woven into the lives of others. What is your influence in the life of somebody else? Think about this. If you're still having kids in your home, Think about your kids or grandkids and their friends. Think about the influence you can have on their friends when you see that their friends are here, their friends need to have a need. 
And maybe their parents aren't doing as much for them as, as you do for yours. And maybe you can help them out. I don't know. Maybe you can encourage them and be a blessing to them. Every day, mothers, your faith is on display. Every day, what you say, what you do says something about your relationship with God, your faith in Jesus Christ. So leave behind a legacy through your children and your grandchildren and their friends. Stay strong in your faith, trusting God. Your children are watching and they are learning from you, believe that or not. They might not act that way or say those things, but they're watching and they're learning something from you. So keep going. Point number three, honor your mother, honor your mother's servant heart. Godly women are have servant hearts. Go to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verse 10 and on is a tremendous profile of a godly woman who is wonderful, who blesses her family every day. When you get to Proverbs 31, find verse 10. <clears throat> verse 10 says, A wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax. And works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Your mother's servant heart. The writer of Proverbs 31 describes a mother who serves her family. Godly mothers work hard. You put others in front of you, before you. And your partners with your husband. You don't serve. You're not a servant of your husband. You're a partner with your husband. Look at verse 11. Her husband has full confidence in her. They're partners together in this life and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. Man, I hope you're that kind of a wife and mother and grandmother. I hope that's the way you are. This kind of mother works with her husband to provide for the family. They're in that partnership. Their partners are co-equal together here. And she personally sacrifices a lot to meet the daily needs of her children. Look at verse 15. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She even serves her servants, those who take care of her and her family. That's a heck of a standard to meet, isn't it? That's a high standard. Mothers like the one here in Proverbs 31 deserve a day to be appreciated, a day to be thanked for their work and sacrifices they make for their children and their families. So today, be sure to remember your mother. If she's passed away, like mine years ago, thank God for her. Just say a quick prayer, some type of prayer someday. Remember her. Never forget her, her legacy. Never forget her faith. Where do mothers get this kind of love for their children and their family? It comes from God. It has to. It can't be. We don't, we're not strong enough in our own selves to be this way. We need God. And God loves every person. Did you know that? God even loved Hitler. I hate to, you know, I know it might offend some people, but he did for a while until he got so bad he couldn't love him anymore. And then he left him to his own fate. But God loves everyone, even though he, he knows they'll grow up and they will abandon him. They'll run away from him. They, even though we all disappoint him through our sin, he still loves us all. And God is like a mother who's concerned for her children. Like mothers, 
God shows unconditional love. And he wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you. Maybe today you don't think that, but he does. In Isaiah 49, verse 15, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. God says, look, there might be some mothers out there that will forget about you, that won't care for you in the long run, that will give up on you, but I won't. I'll never forget you, God said. Never, ever. So as we come to the end of today's service, remember, honor your mother and father. I'm sorry, honor your mother. And remember that God loves you even more than she does. And she loves you a lot. God wants you to know him, and he's waiting to just pour his blessings and his grace into your lives. But you have to respond to God. He just doesn't, he just doesn't get a hold of you and, and do that on himself. You have to respond to God. And if you'll do that, he'll take you just as you are. And he will bless you abundantly. In, his, in your father's house, there are, there's a room for you. Our song today is Just As I Am, made famous by Billy Graham. Just as I am, God takes us as we are, and he molds us into what he wants us to be, what he created us to be. So let's stand and sing. As God begins to work on our hearts through this song, you respond to him. Let him lead you just as you are. Let's pray for a moment, though. Father, thank you for... Uh,